On the farm today, we focus in on herbicide carryover. Joining me right now, Provincial Weed Control Specialist Clark Brenzel. And Clark, just how big an issue do you see herbicide carryover as being for this year? Because we had a fairly dry season from about June onward, mid, about mid-June onward, um, and and fairly severely dry and in sort of the southern, southwestern, southern part of the province, um, it it could be a, a significant issue for for some products, in particular. For some mild carryover, there could be issues as far north as Prince Albert. When we're talking about product groups, are there certain groups that we need to be more conscious of here? Um, there are residual products that, or products that have issues with, with residual carryover through a variety of different groups. And it, even with, like within a group, you'll have some products that are more residual than others. Um, if, if you use group two, for an example, there are products there that break down within several days. And there are other products that take several years to break down. So uh, it all depends. It's it's individual herbicide to individual herbicide. Uh, probably the best way to uh, decide which one of those is going to be a problem and how severe a problem, we have a chart that's in our guide to crop protection. And in the 2021 version, it is on page 84. And what that that page lists all the products that are considered to be residual in some degree. Um, when we get into really, really severe drought, which we, we didn't get last year, um, a few years back we had that. Uh, in 2017-18, we had very, very severe drought where in those summer months we had there were some locations that had less than 50 millimeters of rain uh, through those three months. So that would be considered to be extreme conditions. The, in those cases, you can have situations where products that would normally be fine um, had some significant carryover issues as well. Does the soil type play much of a factor in, in herbicide carryover? It, it, it plays a mediating role, let's put it that way. Um, if you have soil that has high clay content, clay binds herbicides up, particularly those herbicides that, that are somewhat polar. And then the other side of that coin is organic matter as well. There's another factor in there that does the same thing as clay. And there are some herbicides that will interact with both clay and organic matter, some that it's just organic matter. And so in those cases, they will mediate how reactive those herbicides are to their breakdown processes. And essentially, the herbicides bind to those things. And if they're bound strongly to those things, they're not available for breakdown during the year. But on the other side of that coin is that when it comes to the exposure year for that sensitive crop, those are good things because it, they, again, still hang on to those 
those herbicides that could be toxic to the, the plants that are being grown in the soil. And what they can do is they can they can lessen some of the impact um, of those residual herbicides that have carried over um, in the in that next growing season. So they're kind of a double-edged sword. Are there certain crops that are more susceptible to it? Again, it depends on the herbicide. Um, in some circumstances, the herbicide has much more activity on grasses than broadleaves. And in other cases, it's the other way around. The real trick is that uh, producers need to look at the recropping restrictions on their their herbicides that they applied last year. I've been talking with Clark Brenzel, Saskatchewan's Provincial Weed Control Specialist for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler.